Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. Speaking of boring and not suspenseful, welcome everybody to Zompocalypse Now. I am your host, number two, Dustin. I am your host, the third, uh, uh, Dustin. No, I'm... uh, You're Curtis. I'm Curtis. Uh, I guess that makes me host number one. You're number one. You're (laughs) number one. Yay. Those uh, are I, those are scores. It's not a position. It's how many points we have. <laughs> there we go. Oh. Uh, I am Timothy Harvey, and this is Zompocalypse Now. And we have just watched Ekaron, 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 part one, which is the first of the two-part season 11 premiere, final season, of The Walking Dead. But we only have 272 more episodes of Walking Dead to go because they're doing it in uh, six story arcs of 13. Is that, did I get that right, Tim? This season, this final season is going to be 24 episodes. So it is three eight episode chunks. It's going to take us from this fall of 2021 that we are entering all the way through 2022. Um, and then, of course, we'll have the Daryl and Carol show, and we'll Daryl and Carol show. We'll have uh, uh, Tales of the Walking Dead, or whatever they're calling it. And then I'm sure there's some other spinoff in the works too. Uh, and of course, we've got one more season, one more season of Walking Dead World Beyond, which we will suffer through because that's the kind of self abusive masochists that we are and we do it for well, you we do well, it for you gentle listener and well, it's all on. your fault hang on a second let me write a letter dear walking dead <laughs> cc colon producers etc yes i hope <laughs> this fi- complete i hope this finds you well I really think that uh, um, we are doing a very comprehensive job of covering uh, your show, which, and I realize that you don't know who we are or care, um, but seriously, stop it. Yours cordially, number one, two, and three, Zompocalypse Now. And govern yourselves accordingly. P- and P.S. Seriously, quit it with the new shows. I want, I want Fear the Walking Dead. Huh? And it's all about a girl named Gabby who like didn't pay attention, but somehow has survived nine years of the zombie apocalypse. And she's just <laughs> like, she's the girl who like runs the deep. Like she, she's the one you check your weapons into when you get into town. And like she's just like I. I I don't understand, like, okay, society collapsed. And everybody's like, yes, Gabby, Celeste, society just, like, collapsed. And she's like, like, there's none more. Like, like, I don't have to go back to the 11th grade. No, Gabby. No. 
you don't have to go back to the eleventh grade. You're you're you know a useful part of the community. You you had you get ready to get your guts. Okay, w- explain. All right, why do they give me the guns again? Because we don't allow guns from the outside into the the compound, Gabby. We've talked about this, but okay, but why? And Oops, that's the you show. can send your check to Dustin A. Dare, and he will happily accept the royalties for this brilliant idea of this new show so i'm actually probably more entertaining than at least the world beyond <laughs> uh, if nothing else um i can't of- wait till the secret season 12 of walking dead when we realize that they have also at the same time been filming a show from the zombies point of view where um occasionally they have a win and, <laughs> and it's going to be brought to you by uh, some sort of lozenge company, because I'm reasonably certain whoever is ADRing this these zombie noises needs a lozenge. Oh, I'm sure. There, you know, considering that the one of the intro- the shows is going to be an anthology show, it would not surprise me if we got a zombie POV <laughs> episode. So, if if it was Chris Carter producing and writing. I think we'd get a zombie POV because he was clever like that on uh, X Files. Got him as X Files. Well, we'll have to. That see would be such happens. a that was such be that would be such a better way to spend our time. I, you know, you know, when The Walking Dead, it, we can do whatever we want. We don't have corporate overlords. Tim we said. Behold- Tim said. Well, what I mean is, like, we are could do. You thinking I'm actually in a position of some authority. You are number one, Tim. You are our leader. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about leadership, shall we? <laughs> talk about this episode. Oh, uh, right. Um, You're the one who gets the 38 cents of a year <laughs> that we get from our various streaming. 38 cents. We don't even get 38 cents. Um, that's okay. <laughs> we, don't, we don't do it for the money, folks. We do it because, again masochism and and a desire to cause self-harm joking folks uh, self-harm is bad and if you're please see it get professional help if you feel that you're feeling that that's a part of your life but so on one hand this episode of the walking dead looked really cool a lot of great really cool set pieces in this episode however <laughs> There's a whole lot that doesn't make any sense whatsoever in this episode. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that just kind of you, I don't, that is just like, we're going to do this now. And I don't understand. I'm, I'm Gabby. Like, why? Okay. <laughs> why? Again, tell, can you explain to me why? And I, Same you know. shit, different season. Thanks for listening to Zompocalypse Now. <laughs> See you next week, folks. Okay, so on, on the plus side is the last several episodes of The Walking Dead were filler episodes. They were filmed during uh, the pandemic. They had social distancing going on. They were they were very isolated and with mixed bag. We definitely would. There were, I think, one or two episodes that we were thought were at least interesting, if not particularly great. So this is everyone's back in the same room, right? So this is we, yeah. we have we have it's our ensemble cast is in the show, which on one hand is great because again you get these great visuals and you get lots of zombies and you get all this stuff, 
but pretty much from the beginning of the episode to the end, there's a whole lot of people making really questionable decisions that somebody should have looked at them and said, okay, but are you sure? Because I don't think you're sure. <laughs> and if you are sure, why? Mm-hmm. And they what didn't, they also made the terrible mistake of not leading off with a Mission Impossible theme. Yep, they sure did. The opening sequence was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Do yeah. you want to tell us about it, about, us, about it, Curtis? Oh, well, we open with a um, covert military operation led by probably Daryl and Carol. And, uh, I feel like when I talk about military operations, it should be in this voice. So they found a they found an army base, yeah, and, and um, seemingly deserted. Well, functionally deserted, um, and so they find the storehouse, the warehouse, the the I don't know what would you call it. I don't care what you call it. Um, the Huskow yeah, quartermaster's so office where, warehouse is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's where they it's where they keep their crap. There's there's a big there's there's a hangar or something. I don't know. Barracks. I don't I don't know. But anyway, there's a bunch of MREs in there, but we don't know that yet. We know right. that they're they're getting in the building and they and they get on the roof and they open up a skylight and then they rappel down ever so quietly. And because there's the floor is just covered with sleeping zombies. And, uh, Did you know that zombies slept? We didn't. We were very. I was very excited to see the sleeping zombies. Well, yeah, I, we haven't had a random new kind of zombie in a while. We've seen zombies be inanimate a, a lot since the show started. There's been plenty of zombies that have been like lying down in the mud who rear up, or the one that's like half grown into a tree. So there's some we've seen zombies go inactive before. Yeah. But, so this was but, a whole room. But, weapons on the ground. Yeah. But, but I think we are supposed to infer that these are very, very old corpses. And the show has shown corpses from the beginning, like old, old corpses before, even if they have never had, uh, like, they all desiccate. They, mm-hmm. like, those zombies should not have been able to get up. Yeah, they should have been pretty spent as far as mm-hmm. tissue goes. Just, you know, liquefaction, you know, all of that. Their clothes weren't even all gross, you know, because yeah. their their clothes would have absorbed that stuff and turned a dark color, but they weren't. They were just kind of dusty. Now, this is applying, you know, a sense of logic to the Walking Dead universe. Although, later in the episode, and we'll get to that, somebody on the show actually attempts to apply logic to the situation and uh dustin and i were like yes i'm not i'm not sure how i liked that i I, I, it was different but anyway we'll get to it but anyway they they crawl down and they do a really good job being quiet and they sneak into the the master sergeants what what do you call it I don't care. Um, the the uh, room where all the MREs were, and they find them. They start filling 
uh, rucksacks full of them and sending them up on carabiners to the uh, up up to the uh, roof where they're they're where they're picked and they send the rope down and it's all going according to plan until, of course. Guess that's right. One of the ropes breaks. Now Daryl manages with his quick thinking and agile abilities. He manages to snatch the bag before it falls to it before it falls. But in the process, he ends up getting a little scratch. And so a drop of blood falls from the ceiling onto a zombie face, waking up all of the zombies. And then, and now there is zombie fighting. Arrows are flying and all of that. Well, of course, they get out of it. And it's typical Walking Dead zombie fight. No need to go into any detail about that. You get it. But it was really cool, and it was almost nearly silent. That was another thing that was really cool. Yeah, I was was pretty happy that there was so far no dialogue. Uh, (laughs) That that was good, except for the sign language, where they said they're waking up. Well, they, they skedaddled. Even when they got to the gunfire bit where they actually did find weapons, it was really rather nice, the fact that they picked up the guns and it's like, well, this one's empty. Crap. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, there's, uh, there's a certain amount of movie shorthand, TV shorthand, where the first gun you pick up is perfectly fine, uh, even after all this time. But it was, it was a nice touch to actually have the weapons, some of the weapons be I'll bet you ten dollars that the like either like let's say the the actor who plays Carol is was like wait a minute though I mean does it make sense that there would be a loaded gun laying on the ground don't you think all this ammunition would be spent and they and and uh, then the director or the producers probably went you know Carol you have a great point I'm glad we pay you so much and, <laughs> and then they sent her to reassignment. Yeah, then they uh, they had to Are go to reprocessing and reprocessing. Yeah. Yes, um, which we'll get to. Spinoff, <laughs> but uh, um, but yeah, and then and then and then they let her pick up a gun and go, huh? This one doesn't work. And then the then she finds clips. She finds clips, and it's all fine after that, and they can shoot. But they get away. Of course, they get away. No one dies. Fine. It's the pi- it's the first episode of the season. No one's gonna die. <laughs> uh, you're gonna worry about some folks, but not. Right. It doesn't matter. But I think we also have to like. I think that this was their way of saying like this particular group has worked together before and they work well together and everybody's doing their part and you know so there nobody's gonna die because nobody even when Car- even when Carol bolted off to go get more MREs. Everybody kind of expected that to happen. Nobody was really that upset about it. Yeah, Carol's going to risk her fanny for the group. And Jeez. we talk, we you know, we talk about this a little bit. Like they get up and they all look down. There's you know all these walkers down there now. They're all woken. But seriously, like this, these people have fought more walkers before. Like half the group that they have has fought more walkers that are in this room. And they just kind of look down like, oh, dang, I guess we can't go back there anymore. And they turn around and walk away. <laughs> and it's like, this is a, like, a, like, are you seriously on a military base that you just kind of walked fucking onto? And it's been established in earlier episodes that these guys also have MREs on their persons. Yeah. 
and uh, that it would be it would behoove them before making some other preposterous plan to go back and get the rest of the stuff. Well, By, and, and with more ammunition and all that. But there is a long-standing history of The Walking Dead, where as soon as they leave somewhere, they can never return. <laughs> Doesn't matter where they've left; they can never go back. There is only forward. One cannot go back. For, yeah, I mean, it's it's really because they get back to Alexandria and they're talking about they've only got a week's worth of rations, and I, um, that seems a little odd to me considering how many bags they had full of MREs but I mean it's, we also don't have any idea how many people are in Alexandria we've yeah, never we known yeah. <laughs> and the, the fighting that's happened recently has really messed up numbers too right so we don't know like we can't even guesstimate anymore like who would how many people were Around. Yeah, there's there's no reason that they shouldn't be able to go back and kill the remaining walkers. They killed a bunch of them already. And I don't know. It was weird how it looked like there were like 75 walkers on the floor or something like that. And then they killed like 92 and there's still like 72 left. <laughs> it's right. Just, I don't. Oh, Kirkman. Yeah, it, it's it's a great looking sequence, but it, like a lot of The Walking Dead, if you just sort of apply a little bit of thought to it, you're left and going. I, but wait, I, <laughs> I hate to be a well actually guy, you know, one of those well actually those fellas. Yeah. They annoy the shit out of me, and I hate to do that. But this show hits me over the head with stuff that makes no sense and shouldn't happen. Decisions that people make, conversations that people have, uh, actions that people take, all of that stuff, all the time. It just makes no sense to me. It goes off the rails. Well, and, and now and now they only have enough food for a week because they only took like 92,000 bags of MREs because Alexandria is huge, apparently. And, you know, bag also failing. Bag. Yeah. But also in the midst of failing, like they're, it's a giant place that is about to fall apart. They're going to be so tired of powdered orange drink. It's such a shame there isn't at least one other settlement that is nearby because everything's nearby. Um. Yeah, I just mm. yeah. Dustin, it's you're a shame a, that they weren't just on a fuck walked onto a fucking military base. <laughs> just take the military base. <laughs> but again, I'm sorry, I had a little stroke. <laughs> well, okay, so yeah. They'd probably do all right on a military base. Wish they could find a place like a prison or something. Now, that's a fortress. <laughs> if only they knew where there was a prison. But they can't go back. There's no going back. Or, or, you know, if search search for fucking Washington, D.C. area. It's probably got a federal prison, a real nice big federal prison or just a fucking government building have you been to dc folks they have plenty of government buildings with small doors and small windows dustin you're a youtube guy i am 
Yes. Well, there's a guy on YouTube. I think he goes by Steve1969, and all he does is taste test MREs. And I feel like this episode was for him. (laughs) And I feel like I should dedicate my speaking to him. He's a good boy. And he's not afraid to eat peanut butter from 1942. I think I've seen him where he'll like, he'll open something up and go, oh, that's rancid. That's disgusting. Yeah. I have a little bite. I'm going to have a little bite. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, let's put this out on a track. I love it when he does that. It's like a drinking game now. I digress as well. Anyway, so Maggie suggests that she lead a group, uh, mainly of her people, which there are now several, uh, back to her old community of Midian, where Meridian, Midian is where the Nightbreed lives. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Here's the crossover I want. Yeah. Now I want the Clive oh. meets the Walking Dead show. Did you did you hear about how they were like this close to a Nightbreed series? Not, but like right before COVID. Do you hear that we're getting not only a Hellraiser TV show but a Hellraiser reboot movie, and and he's involved with both of them? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that last Hellraiser movie that they put out, and it was garbage. Well, they like I think it was just yeah. Anyway, so uh, so Maggie is like, come come on back with me to Meridian, and, and everyone says kill. Maggie. We can't go back. Have you not watched this show? We haven't right. seen Meridian yet, so we technically aren't going back. We're going to go for the first time. Right. Mm, true. So uh, she's like, I just need some volunteers to take to, to Meridian so that we can kill them bad guys who killed all our people, and then we can have all the foods and drugs we want. And she, so She thinks there's but, not very many of them. Right. I think something else. I think this is going to be a, this is already a complete disaster. Well, everyone agrees. This is a bad plan. Yes. There is no, even Carol is like, I, yeah, we're not doing that. And immediately a bunch of people volunteer for it. Right. (laughs) Daryl and, um, and what's his name? Father Greg Gabriel. Thank you. Um, decide to go and somehow Negan gets like pulled into this along with a literal 14 year old boy. And I, I almost thought Mark Hamill in like some kind of makeup. (laughs) So Negan gets roped into it and they won't explain why he's gotten roped into it for another 20 minutes of the episode. They sort of imply why, because they're asking him questions about, going through the city and things like that, but they don't actually tell you the viewer why Negan is there until the episode's mostly over. Until, until the episode's most entertaining bit, which by the way, had nothing to do with zombies at all. And, uh, and you know, I mean, they fought a lot of zombies, but the best part, Negan's monologue. Well, because he keeps saying things like they, they get into the city, it's raining, and they're like, we have to go. And Maggie's like, we got to go underground, get into the subway. And uh, so they all go down there, and she's like, take us down to the take us down the street through the subway. And Negan's like, we don't want to go in that tunnel. And everybody's like, shut the fuck up, Negan. 
just because you said we don't want to go in the tunnel, that's exactly what we're going to do. And so they go into a subway tunnel. And he's like, this is a bad plan. And they're like, shut the fuck up, Negan. You yeah, don't know. I'm doing and, shoulder bumps on him, and he's just like... Yeah. You and he's like, you and know, it, re- pointing things out like, you see that? That's a water line. This We're underground, and these tunnels flood, you know, when it's raining. <laughs> they're like, whatever, <laughs> man. They're like, Negan, if you don't shut your mouth, we're going to shut it for you. He's like, fine. <laughs> And they and they come across another one of these great these great shots. I mean, again, this episode's got some great visual moments where it's just corpses wrapped in plastic all the way down the tunnel, which looked fantastic. But the f- first thing that popped into my head was, didn't we just talk about the tunnels flooding? Why are these all like here, all laid out in a single layer? I mean, it's a very beautiful, it's a you know, creepily beautiful shot. Um, well, I mean, a lick of sense if, the, if these tunnels if are flooding. If I'm going to, I'm going to just offer, like, we don't know how long it's been since the last tunnel flood. We That's just know true. there's a water line. And the guy, the fellas who put these bodies down here might have been putting them down there. And maybe they, maybe that's why they were so, maybe that's why the big fat gross foot was the big fat gross. Because he flooded and it was so gross and gooey. Oh, he was so gross and gooey too. Before we get to, the we rest, haven't had a gross gooey one since the <laughs> since the one in the water well. It's been a while. So, well, we had the we had the arm zombie in Fear the Walking Dead. Mm. Remember the arm zombie where the arms came off? Yeah, oh, uh, I loved that. That was fun. But here, here we have just a recurring thing that that has popped up. Maggie is just making these like declarations. So they see this field of, of corpses wrapped in plastic. And she says, they've all been here since the fall. And it's like, that's a strangely, you know, she's like, this is what it is. And you can look at Negan's face. And he's like going, what? <laughs> what are you? And everyone just lets it go. And he's like, wait a minute. (laughs) How do you know? (laughs) And this triggers this fantastic speech where Negan's like, why am I here? What's the purpose of me being here? You know what it is? It's so she, she can kill me. That's why I'm here. It's like, you needed a guide because have any of you morons heard of a map? <laughs> that you guys spazzed ah! out at that line. That was funny. So Dustin and I had were watching this episode, and we had to take a brief break. And Dustin and I were chatting during this break, and it's like Negan's right, though. Everything Negan has said so far has been actually correct. And it's like it's not like he, you know Negan wouldn't have let some little girl stay in the woods for all of season two. Right. And, and Dustin pointed out that this is actually how neat. One of the ways that Negan got in charge was that Negan would act. And so, yeah. And not, would... not do stupid shit. Like, you know, uh, yeah. Tim said Negan would have never let. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's how they got the name of the saviors in the first place. It wasn't always ironical. Right. Like, right. You know, 
so the 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 fact that we're like talking about this thing is like, <laughs> and we're have none of these people heard of maps and and then the, we're back and after the break's over we're watching the show again and then Negan says have none of you morons heard of a map and I was just like yes because <laughs> <laughs> I mean you, you have to have every now and again you know the folks who write this show aren't dumb TV is hard to write and doing a series like this. We on this show talk a lot about the things about the walking dead universe that bug us, but we also aren't in the writer's room. We also aren't producing a show every week and we're not editing an episode because I'm an editor. It doesn't always go the way you meant it to go. There's a lot of things that get in the way. So yes, we're keenly aware how hard it is to do what this show does on, on a regular schedule. That said, it's not above criticism. So when the show acknowledges things that you know the writers have to know, you know the writers have to sit there and go, God, everything in this show is five miles from everything else. These are not dumb people. But it's always nice when the show acknowledges that there's (laughs) a thing that is clearly a thing with the show. Yeah, right. So that's why we freaked out so much. Like, yes, it was Negan who did it. And and he's like pointing out, he's like, he goes to Daryl's like, at first I thought you were in on it, but the glazed look on your face tells me you had no idea that she was going to, you know, this was the plan. But of course, you know, that leads to the fisticuffs and Daryl punches it right in the snoot. Just right in the little snozzle. Yeah, Maggie comes up and she gets her gun and she's like, you know, the woman, you know, from years ago is not me. I'm not, I'm not her anymore. And the only reason you're still alive is that there's a sliver of her left. And, you know, so I don't know, maybe, maybe I will want to kill you one day. Yeah. He's like, but, she's like keep pushing me, bitch. Well, right. in fairness, he pushed her really hard right before that. He goes, I'm not going to die in the mud like Glenn. Mm. which you know and and part of it is right there you know that's that's negan he's pushing the buttons and he knows what he's doing he's not he's not dumb that's part of negan's problem is that he's fairly clever but he knows how he absolutely knows how to manipulate people oh yeah but before this before this the whole thing that triggered this is that they're going through going through and stabbing all these the, the bagged zombies in the head because we're not turning around, even though Negan keeps pointing out this is a bad idea. Um, Maggie's still going to go forward. And the big squishy zombie almost kills the little red shirt kid who Dustin goes, who is this kid? And I'm like, well, someone's got to die. And- right. He's this like, like they keep cutting to this like legitimately looks 14 year old kid. Like they keep cutting over to him. I'm like, why do they keep showing us this kid? And it's like, of course it's because he's, you know, he's the the sacrifice and they want us to like have a someone a ghost like oh look that kid that kid um but yes this huge juicy gross zombie step stands up and i was just like oh i love it it's so gross uh and then he attacks the kid and the negan goes to save him and it's gooey and like nobody helps Negan. Nobody helps the kid. They all just stand there and watch. And he's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, 
<laughs> Which triggers this whole speech where he's just, you know. And the thing is, is that throughout this episode, Negan is right. And the debate you can have whether or not the, the Negan redemption arc is a thing that should be happening or should be happening the way it is, or because I mean, legitimately, there are people who do not like Negan as a character. And there are reasons for that. Um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's performance is, is fantastic, but that doesn't mean you have to like Negan. And there's plenty of reasons to not want Negan, you know, to have Maggie kill Negan will satisfy a lot of people. Um, I think and I think that's a fair, a fair thing. But even if you like the Negan redemption arc or don't like it, this scene is just, it's just great. You know, you know what has helped change, like this last couple of seasons has really, really helped change my, my perspective on Negan, you know, as he has evolved as a character and become, become more of a supportive person to the community and stuff like that and knows that he's got sins but you know whatever redemption we we were watching with negan i think uh i think there's a little bit left of the old negan too mm-hmm. oh no question negan negan is never not an asshole right but uh, uh and we learn that when they encounter what a horde of zombies somehow behind them. Yeah, somehow behind them. But, oh, the kid, the kid and the old man who looked a little bit like Mark Hamill and uh, somebody in Mark Hamill cosplay uh, is, like, they disappear. They were the ones who were holding all of the, like, supplies. And somehow, so at some point, they just vanish. Uh, and then this horde of walkers comes walking up behind them, which uh, which tells me, you know, those guys, those guys got eaten. Yeah, and they're they they're they're in D.C., so it's not going to be like your typical country horde. It's going to be the population of Washington D.C. Right, and so falling back was probably a good idea. Well, they found an obstruction on the tracks in the tunnel. It was a there's a train car that was stuck by a collapsed area. Yeah. And so they have to figure out how to get around that. So they decide to go up on top. Daryl loses his dog, so he goes under to chase his dog. And everybody gets on top, and Maggie's the last one to go. And then she gets... Her dumb woman arms yeah, are her too weak sil- to pull her up. Her silly little twiggy fingers can't hang on to the tiny little lip that everyone else seemed to get up pretty quick. Um, and so... Negan's there and he's got a choice to make and here come the zombies and they're there and they're tugging at Maggie and he just leaves her. Sees her. She goes, Negan. And he's like, eh, fucking bitch. (laughs) Gee, do I, I, you know, I, I had, I had conflicting feelings about this because part of me was like, no, Negan, this is how you like, you know, this is how you show you, redeemed yourself you're a different person you help this woman who you have no reason to help and who and who will and wants to kill you show her you're not the same dude and that's so, what i was hoping for but mm. yeah but that's the first 
thought I had. And then the second thought of is, of course, like, of course, you're not going to No, she wants to fucking murder you. Like, it's a this is a her her or me situation right now. This is, you know, credit to the editors because they gave us time to think these things through. That sequence lasted kind of a long time, but it didn't seem like it because we were like, okay, what's Negan's choices here? If he leaves Maggie there, maybe all of his problems go away, you know, but I'm sure he doesn't count on whatever happens in the next half of this premiere. Because Maggie's not going down without a fight. No, no. Meanwhile, there is another half to this episode. It takes place at the at the place where the people are. Right, the Imperial Stormtrooper headquarters, located on the, the Death Star. I couldn't think of the name. Uh, the common with well, the Commonwealth Intake Center. Yes, the, located in Death Star, West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I will tell you this. I I was wondering if they were going to bring, if somebody this episode was going to bring up the nuclear explosion that happened. I was kind of hoping somebody would be like, hey, remember that nuclear explosion that happened in Texas? You know, Texas is a radiated wasteland now. Remember how that happened a couple of years ago? But nobody did. Don't be silly. Yeah, this this happens way after that, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. God dang it. Um, I was hoping I was hoping for uh, what's her name to show up this episode. So we don't actually know when these show how these shows are lined up right now. There is we had the time jump on The Walking Dead. We had the time jump on Fear of the Walking Dead. We had Morgan, of course, cross countrying his way uh, from the northeast down to Texas on foot. Right. The, the, more the or less. theory. The original theory was that when Morgan leaves and arrives, you've caught up the timelines. But unfortunately, since that has happened, uh, there have been two time jumps on both shows. And they should have been like significant time jumps have happened on both shows. So Mm -hmm. we don't know where they line up anymore. Right. So the nuclear explosion could, in fact, be in the future of this season, but we don't know. That, that would be nice. Seriously. That would be nice because, for me. Because more no, because Morgan when Morgan left, Judith was still three. We have to use the Judith Judith standard meantime. The Judith scale. <laughs> yes, you have to use the Judith scale because when Morgan left, she was still a toddler. So years have passed in Walking Dead since Morgan has left. Mm-hmm. But I don't think years have passed in Fear the Walking Dead because their time skips have been less significant than that specific time skip. And there's even been a pro- another time skip on Walking Dead since then. Fair enough. So, yeah, so, none of it makes any sense. Don't worry about it. <laughs> again. But I just... I just wish it did. I wish people would try and make it half sense, make it. Yes, but applying logic and a timeline and spatial geometry and other things of a rational nature to the Walking Dead universe is an exercise in futility that we have clearly not learned. 
Um, well, we got we got our dose of uh, of semi rationality from Negan tonight, and that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So for the crazy anyway, things, oh, let's shit. go back to the Commonwealth. Yeah. Oh God, I just didn't even totally forgot. There's a whole nother half. <laughs> so guess so- who's guess who's there? Guess who's there in the in the when, where we left our friends? They're being processed. So if right. you ever had a job interview at like a big box retailer, say like I go interview with some, I, I, I had an interview with Target at one point in my, in my working career and they sit down, they ask you all kinds of questions and they, they often give you one of those like personalities tests, which are rubbish, by the way, the, the science behind them is very dodgy. Uh, I took they, one tonight. I'll share the results if you'd like. Um, they are really questionable, but they're everybody uses them. Um, but they ask you all these questions, and some of them are kind of weird. Well, take that. Have you ever gone through that? Now, take that and ramp it up on steroids and make it a, something like a matter of life and death because uh, Eugene and Yumiko and Princess... And Ezekiel, of course, are all guests of the Commonwealth, and they get quizzed by the bureaucracy, <laughs> and it's a little bit insane. It takes hours, and but finally, Ezekiel kind of realizes like the test takers aren't the ones in charge. The guy in the giant pumpkin spice latte armor is in charge. Yes, it's it's weird about this this episode happening because I was uh, I was on a date earlier and uh, and this uh, woman said, "Here, you should take this. It's called Sixteen Personalities." So I went to sixteenpersonalities.com. Takes about ten minutes, and it tells you everything about yourself from answering about 30 questions or so 40 questions Mm -hmm. something like that and they're all questions like do you find it uh like they say they make statements you find it difficult making new friends at parties and you're supposed to rate on a scale whether you agree or disagree with that so here's what here's what my results were that i'm 52 percent extroverted that i'm 80 percent intuitive 71% 71% feeling, 83% prospecting, and 64% turbulent. Means I got a temper, and I do. But uh, my role in life should be diplomat. And my strategy for that role is social engagement. Now, these are things that I probably knew about myself but it was uh, it was very nice for the computer to tell me, and I thought it, I thought it was a fun exercise to discover what which of the sixteen personalities I am. And so there you go. I'm a prospector. I'm a minor sixty nine er. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I do. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. Um. Yeah. So. Um. These tests, like I said, uh, the science behind them is really super dodgy. Uh, so I wouldn't necessarily put too much stock in it. Um, there's but about I, a, I, 
there's about as much actual real hard science behind it as there is in um I think I think it's a shorthand to get to know the person that you're dealing with. I'm not sure that these particular I don't think that these questions were designed for that either. Oh. I think that these questions are specifically designed to break the person being asked. They don't want to know mm. about them. They want to root like break them down to get information from them. Yeah, and apparently yes. and luckily, the questioner is broken because uh, they have to do it every day. Or the auditor, they called themselves. So I was like, oh, God, it's like that. It's like a corporate hell they're in. <laughs> this is their punishment. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, they're going to be in self-directed work teams and have to give improvement feedback. Uh Oh, gosh, could you imagine? <laughs> I've survived. You've survived the zombie apocalypse. You find yourself, too. You find yourself uh, back in a community. I think, they're gonna sh- <laughs> I think they're going to show them. They'll pass all the tests. They're going to show them to the door to the community, and it's going to be a sea of cubicles. <sighs> Just little little quadruplexes of cubicles for miles and they found a warehouse i don't know what they did but uh, you have to be in your cubicle i don't know they sprinkle food pellets down (laughs) and that's that's what you work so hard to get into actually curtis we know what the commonwealth is like because that's the community that the world beyond is based on oh that's right it is i didn't add that up Thank you, Dustin, for being my Negan today. Sorry. Well, I don't get my cubicle world, but okay. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, producers of Walking Dead. You can't <laughs> Just out of, uh, for giggles, uh, Curtis, my answers were 75% extroverted, 55% that's, observant. That's 75% observant, I'd say. Uh, 60% feeling, 68% tactics and judging. Okay. Um, 64% uh, assertive in my identity. Okay. Um, and my um, type, consequently, um, is assertive console, and my role is a as sentinel Mm. um, self-motivated rarely need external inspiration to be productive and focused this is not accurate in any way shape or form (laughs) i don't think you were honest with your answers tim um i was honest with my answers um what's the what's this thing again where where are we doing this 16 personalities.com yep number one six one six I had to personality. take personality. I had to yeah. take this for my current job. Yeah. Um, and yeah, quite frankly, employers love it. Uh, yeah. And again, once again, I will say one more time, the mm-hmm. science behind this stuff is really, really dodgy. That is not recognized by um, a lot of people in the mental health field as being as useful as employers seem to think it is. So, Feel free to take such tests, but folks and employers, 
don't rely too heavily on these things. They're yeah, take your take get off your ass and get to know somebody for real. Go out to lunch with them. You know, people fucking- are different than they don't all fit into buckets and. Just, uh, I mean, there's there's uses to this sort of thing, but don't treat it as hard science because it's not. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but we digress. Dustin will take the test, I'm sure. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah, so we are in this little intake center, and uh, yeah, they're, they're, the questions are intrusive and odd. And Ezekiel is not doing well, by the way. He's got. They're like. Tell us about the goiter. And he's like, it's benign. It's not benign. It's a cancerous growth and it's going to kill him. And he has a coughing fit. And after confronting the pumpkin spice guard, uh, (laughs) he, uh, he, he he gives him some water, which is nice ish. And they dump them in a cage. And the room is full of cages. And there's a lot of other people in those cages, some of whom have been there in there for nine months. Am I more inclined to follow my head or my heart? Somewhere in the middle of that. Okay. And you can't be asking me who you are. You have to decide that for yourself. Well, I guess I couldn't follow my head or my heart at the moment. So, yeah, it's it. this is obviously some sort of, like, purgatory situation where mm-hmm. they're just trying to break people. And, and, and Eugene at first is like, no, we got to trust the process. You, you know, Stephanie said her people were very, you know, skittish. But then after they meet those people, he's like, no, we got to go. <laughs> we have got to get out of here. <laughs> and so the next thing is they try and – plan they're gonna make a plan to escape and nobody can think of a a way to get out and so they're like princess do you have any ideas how to get out of here she's like no and then she starts laughing and they're like what they're like oh you see the two over there they're having she starts talking about the guards and they're (laughs) like does this things you really know and she's like yeah i just like to listen Because she's got their backstory. She knows about, you know, one of them's got a weak bladder. One of them's got a bad leg. You know, these two are having a, you know, sex on the sly. And I was like, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. Um, have not we not already established that Princess is a little bit crazy? I mean, isn't that uh, part it, of her, like, uh, her charm? <laughs> but. No, she's she uh, doesn't make her doesn't mean just because she's been hallucinating a bit doesn't mean she's hallucinating in this case, because it turns out she's right. Or at least it appears that way, because we don't actually see the scene where they managed to get out of the cage at the right time when these guards are getting ready to go on break and somehow Get to be been... alone with these two guards so they can overpower these two guards, take their their armor, and then stash the two guards somewhere where the guards won't be. De- we don't see any of this. It's, uh, it would have been wonderfully you, suspenseful. Oh, uh, it would have been, but they needed to get us. They needed to get us somewhere. This this whole heist to escape was just basically so that like we could learned that these two guards are phoning and the princess pays a lot of attention to the shit going on around her. 
you know, it would have been interesting to, I think it would have been interesting to see the planning of that, but they would have only gotten the armor and started to get away. They wouldn't have made it to where the end needed to be by the end of this episode. And, and you're right in terms of the edit of the show, you are, I would agree. On the other hand, there's a gap in our narrative that it's like, okay, but wait, <laughs> How the hell did I guess everything just, I think everything just went to plan for the first time in walking dead history. Clearly. <laughs> Everybody did great. Cut, cut to the scene where it goes wrong. Well, it first almost goes wrong and then it goes wrong, but it goes wrong for another reason because they find somebody's going to have to fill me in on this. I was confused. The wall okay. of the wall of the lost or something. It's yeah. a place where people have posted pictures of their loved ones that they hope to find in that it might be coming through the intake. And one of the pictures is of Yumiko. Because princess, while everyone else is kind of looking at this wall she turns out to again be very observant and and picks out of all these pictures a photo that does not at first glance look like it's a picture of Yumiko. I mean, it is when you get sort of focus in on it. But there's a this is a wall of photos, and it's the the title is like these are folks who are supposed to be expedited through processing. This is like some point people sat the people inside said these are the people who we should be letting in because there are people. There right. are family. If you find there this, are if this friends. person is here, you bring them in. Clearly, they are not referring to this wall in any way, shape, or form, because this wall is like in a hallway that looks pretty disused and it's around the back of you know all of this. But it means that Yumiko is like, I can't leave. Because it's her sister. Right. So yeah, they they escape and then promptly discover that at least one of them can't leave. This feels like a trap, by the way. But how would they have known that they were going to escape and get out that way and then put the picture up and because these are these people are way too organized and way too anal. But how would they have had how would they have had a picture of Yumiko in the first place? No, no, that's not a trap. I mean, them thinking that they are getting ready to escape is a trap. Oh, I mean, they're they're gonna get like we got to go back, and they're gonna open the door, and they're like all waiting for him, going with a cake. Hi guys, (laughs) with a cake. Yes, Mm -hmm. there's no Dustin. There is no cake. Have we learned nothing from genre fiction? There is no cake. There's no cake, cake is a lie. The cake is a lie. It's always a lie. So yeah, that's the episode. It's, I mean, it didn't actively make me angry. That's always a win with this show. I think we're dead inside though. We're already <laughs> dead inside again. <laughs> again. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Still. I don't know. I don't even know if I enjoyed it or not. I got through it and I got more information, more questions as usual. Ah! I'm sorry. It said you rarely feel insecure. (laughs) That's a big disagree for Dustin. (laughs) Hasn't asked you how you wipe yet. Does it? No, No, that was one of the questions. I don't know. I mean, this, this was, so there's a lot of great little character moments in this, and there are a lot of great visuals in this. And Negan had his great speech, but 
there's a whole lot of people in this episode who are just like, Maggie says we should do a thing. Let's not think about the thing. Let's just do it. <laughs> and it's like, um, no, no. <laughs> How about no? Can we go with, can we go with no? How about no? And if you're going to, if you're going to bring someone along as a guide to a city, shouldn't you listen to the guide? And if you're if you're in the middle of a rainstorm, should you go down into a place that's an enclosed space that is historically is not good to be in when great amounts of water are coming down from the sky? No shit. It doesn't rain forever. It rains for a couple hours, maybe, you know, and then it quits and you can keep moving. Why Just- didn't they stay in the entryway to the subway? And Why did wait they- for it to stop raining? Yeah. Because Maggie's in a hurry. People's lives depend on the results of this expedition. See? Yeah, people on the expedition. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's not working out so great for him right now, is it? No. It's not. We have zero intelligence on this opposing <laughs> force. And yet, here we are. Uh, with no ammunition and so we're still going oh no we're not because zombies fuck it <laughs> now I gotta fight these zombies Negan all by myself ha- Negan, how- Negan would save me even after I told him I'm probably gonna kill him <laughs> how about a boost buddy sorry about that chat earlier he's like nah Uh, like I said, um, it's one of those episodes where, you know, you may not like it, but Negan's right. And uh, give you a dollar if no, I'll give, oh, give no. you guys a dollar if the last okay. if the last scene of the series is Negan being a zombie and just wandering around. No, I think that uh, that it's going to be uh, it's the last the last is going to be like 10 years later. Or something. Oh God! I hope they have a like at the end of Animal House where they go. You know, they tell everybody. The goobers, goober is now a pharmacist, and his wife is thirteen years old. That kind of thing. Yeah, I, uh, I my personality type is advocate. I'm sixty five percent my introverted. I'm sixty five percent introverted, seventy two percent intuitive. Uh. Uh, 54% feeling, uh, 71% judging. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and I, a 68% turbulent identity. Well, on the, on the, uh, on the chance that the woman that I was on a date with does hear this someday, what is the, what is the, uh, she, she knows all about the, the, uh, my like for instance, my mine is E N F P T. Mine is N I N F G dash A. I have no idea what that means, and it means nothing to me. It's how it's how the various types that break it down. Uh ESFJ dash A. Uh extrovert. Yep. Uh observant, feeling, judging, assertive. Uh it says my strategy is people mastery. I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure these people, I'm not sure this test is as accurate as it's like to be. Again, folks, it's a tool. 
don't treat it as gospel. It's uh Tim's the closest thing to a scientist we have on this show, and it's just because <laughs> he sounds smart. Uh, yes, that's true. It's all about it's, it's. It's really that's how I've made it through life is that people think I know what I'm talking about, and I have no fucking clue what I'm talking. <laughs> I about. Well, I, I made it through life because people have such low expectations. Because I'm pretty sure until I start speaking. Whereas Dustin's, I just made it through life because he's pretty. I am pretty. I also, um, I also am very observant and know who's fucking. So <laughs> that helps. <laughs> The funniest part of the whole episode is she go as Princess is like, look at him. The Zims and Gifs are, are are sleeping together, and they all look at they're just it's just just too blank, like completely, uh, completely anonymous suits of armor. Like you cannot tell anything from looking at these, and they are not looking in either direction either. The, and uh, Yumiko's like, they're not even looking at each other, and she's like, yeah, but it's the way they're not looking at each other. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for all the fact that there was a whole lot of hand wavium with that whole escape plan, I Princess is a very entertaining character. Yes. I, I'm, I'm pleased she's on the show, because... She's fun. Uh, and, and The Walking Dead is not always known for its sense of fun. Uh, right. so we'll take it when it happens. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's, that's our first episode of the season. Okay. There was some good stuff in here. Yeah. Can't wait to, can't wait to see the next, the next half. I mean, clearly Maggie's going to die terribly, right? Oh, right. Oh, clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um I, I, I don't yeah, know. No, what, she's gonna be fine. I don't know what they're playing at. She's gonna be know. fine. The dog's gonna be fine. Daryl's gonna be fine. That nobody's nothing's happened to the none of people. Well, the kids the kid and, and the Mark Campbell guy are dead. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh but uh yeah, so we'll see what happens. Uh it should be fun. Um yeah. All right, folks. If well, if you enjoyed this episode. Uh, let us know. We'd love to hear from you guys. You can leave us a comment. You can leave us a rating. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. And maybe maybe Curtis will take over the Facebook and Twitter for us because I'm not very good at th- that sort of thing. But anyway, um, we'll, we'd love to hear from you guys. If you enjoy this episode, let us know. If you didn't, let us know. If you think that Maggie has a great plan and Negan is out of line, well, you're wrong. You can tell us Hey, that. guys. Hey, hey, fans, hey, people who listen, please reach out to us. Yeah. Please. We, we're, we, I, I know you probably stopped listening at this point by now, but really seriously, like, we want to hear from you. I just want, I just want to know that I'm not speaking out into the ether. I'm at the Night Dusto on Twitter. And I uh, would love to hear from you and what you think of the show. And if you think I sound pretty, so please give us yeah. a give us a shout. And you can find you can find me. Oh, so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at uh, creepy underscore Curtis on Twitter, and uh, I'm uh, I go by the moniker Dennis Drangle on there because uh, I don't want celebrities to know me back. Mm. <laughs> but anyway that's fun for me to do um but yeah 
tweeted tweeted us for, for Pete's sake. I'm uh, Timothy Harvey on Twitter because apparently uh, I signed up for a Twitter account back when there were only like I don't know five of us on there or something because <laughs> getting your own name like that is not not terribly common. No string of numbers or anything. But anyway, yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys, um, and we'll do this again on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. And uh, thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Curtis. Thank you, Tim. And thank you guys, as always, for listening. We'll see you on our next episode of Zompocalypse Now. Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved.